Back in my old stomping grounds, quite literally, back in my hometown of Grove City here in Mercer County, Pennsylvania, joined by the president of Grove City College, Paul McNulty. Hey, Rick. It's good it's to great, see you. Great to see you, Thank too. you Your very much. Your a real legacy in this town, well, and it's just a treat anytime that a Dayton is in Grove City. All I have to say <laughs> is I had nothing to do with that. That's the older generation. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, this is obviously a very special place, however, to our family. Sure. It has been for many years. It has been for many 30,000-plus alums who say that Grove City College is where they got their education. Right. Some of them know the story of sort of a battle between the college and the federal government back in the 70s and the 80s. And yet tonight, the college is in the national spotlight for a whole different reason, a political debate that's going to happen on your stage. How did that end up here? How did you end up with a nationally televised audience looking on at the Pew Fine Arts Center? Well, I think Newsmax was looking for a place where they knew that um, they would be welcome and they could be um, supported well. And uh, they made an inquiry, and we thought it would be a fantastic opportunity to um, host mm-hmm. such a, a, a significant debate, such a, an important moment in Pennsylvania political history. Uh, we're always looking for opportunities for our students to see things, learn things, and to be of service to the community. And uh, when I heard about this, I thought, well, I'm not sure how many debates these five candidates are going to do, but I suspect not too many. And so if we have an opportunity to provide that kind of um, uh, forum for uh, voters to learn more. That's a real privilege. How do you walk that fine line between being apolitical in yeah. terms of not telling your students yeah. what to believe or sure. things like that, and at the same time being informed? Because yeah. that is a fine line, isn't it? It is, but it's not too hard to avoid the political promotion thing. I mean, we, we educate every day, and so the opportunity for students to hear from people is the key um, and let them make their decisions, their choices about what they Uh, going to believe or understand or who they're going to support. So I think that uh, in this area, um, there's definitely an educational component that's definable and manageable. Uh, The last thing the school would do is to sort of favor one candidate over another. And I think that's where the line gets um, really crossed. And we're not even tempted to get to that point. We really want to just provide a a place where they can have another experience of learning outside the classroom and, um, and where the school can be um, seen as a, as a resource um, for the community. When you look around the number of students that are here already outside Kettler Auditorium, mm-hmm. I mean, this, you can kind of get a sense, there's a vibe here of excitement that yeah. they are. And even if people aren't necessarily involved in the political arena, right. that to have this here, there's a sense of pride among the, yeah. the campus that this is coming here. Why? Oh, for sure. Well, I think we're... Um, we're proud of our professionalism. You know, Grove City College, as you know so well with your family's connections, it's, we have a certain humility about us where we kind of keep to ourselves and go about our business in a very uh, consistent way over the years. <clears throat> but we also have a lot of confidence in ourselves. We know that what we do is um, special. And so when the spotlight occasionally comes on us, we, we don't shy away from being able to um, demonstrate um, our, you know, our character, our quality. I also just enjoy seeing the students learn in different ways. You know, this is a very memorable experience, for the, especially for those who are helping to support, um, doing little um, projects around the debates. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll remember this for years to come, right? And those of us who are old adults, we, you know, we have so many different things that happen, we kind of lose track of them. But when you're young, these are really impactful experiences. And so I'm, I'm delighted to see our students involved and, uh, and uh, seeing things that they've never seen before. You spent some time in Washington, Paul McNulty, President. 
president of Grove City College, but that was in an appointed role in the yeah. Department of Justice, mm-hmm. number two in the in the DOJ at that point. How different is the way that you served as a public servant as opposed to those who are running for office? How different is that? Yeah, it is pretty different. I mean, I worked on Capitol Hill for 10 years, and so that was a m- more political environment. Mm-hmm. And I worked around people who were going to get reelected every two years if they uh, chose to, and I'm in senators every six years. And, and so it was an environment that was the, the idea of, of um, the electoral process was always there. If the Department of Justice is probably the agency out of maybe other than the Department of Defense, where you just don't feel that sense of political pressure at all. You feel like we have a job to do that's just very important for public safety and so forth, the rule of law. And there's all kinds of guardrails associated with the political process in the first place. Nevertheless, when you're a political appointee and you have a president running for re-election, so in 1994, um, excuse me, 92, George Bush was running for re-election against Bill Clinton, right. and he lost, and I lost my job. Right. Um, Bill Barr was the attorney general, and he and I went to a law firm together in D.C. and, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of uh, waited until the next opportunity came along. Right. So you learn to kind of live with the and die by the political outcomes when you're a, 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 an appointee in, in Washington, D.C. When you're talking about rule of law, that was one of the things we heard the chief justice yesterday mention after the leak yeah. of the document. Were you surprised that something like that happened at the Supreme Court. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people were stunned. Shocked. I think right. surprises, putting it mildly, um, stunned, shocked. Those were all the right words um, uh, that that breach would occur. And, you know, th- th- that relationship, I don't think the American people can begin to appreciate, um, at least most people, the, the the significance of that collegiality the court has, mm-hmm. uh, that the nine justices have lunch together every day, that they talk about what they're, where they're going, and they take that very seriously. And this is definitely a breach of that um, that that unique environment that they have, right. and I think there are a lot of people concerned about how it gets repaired and how the trust gets restored mm-hmm. when something like this occurs. Can it? Well, we like to all be optimistic about that, um, and I think they have to talk to each other candidly. I think they have to um, put some things on the table, probably, and say. Um, we we need to own this. You know, obviously people might have suspicions. They're going to have to work through that. Right. Um, but um, what bothers me maybe even more than or as much as what's happened, Rick, is the lack of universal outrage to it. And instead, too many politicians talking about this, the case itself. Which so you're just, saying it goes to Roe versus Wade yeah. rather than the leak itself. Right. Exactly. And, right. then, and while that's obviously a huge issue for our culture, I'm not minimizing that in in any way that time will come that opinion will come out in the right way the official way this is a draft but the there ought to be a shared sense that there's a propriety that must be followed that the court is going to do its work and it's been too politicized long before this event but this is another example of that uh, uh, politicizing the work of the court and quickly turning to well if this is going to be the opinion that we ought to add more justices and this is an outrage and so forth no stop and look at how the three branches have to work if we're going to have an effective federal government and that branch needs to be able to deliberate in confidence 
um, exchange ideas thoroughly, and then come to an opinion, and then we'll respond to what we think about the opinion. I had a text message from uh, former Governor Tom Corbett as we were getting set for your appearance. He wanted to say hello That's to you, great. so yeah. it sounds like you've still got friends all over Pennsylvania, <laughs> and I know good tonight friends. you'll have good friends from all around the country looking at your campus tonight. That's so, a wonderful privilege. Yeah, congratulations on this uh, opportunity for Grove City College. Thanks, Rick. Thanks yep. for the opportunity to talk to you. Good to, to see you. Him. Okay. The president of Grove City College, Paul McNulty, joining us here on KDKA. We've got a whole lot more to go. Rob Pratt's coming along also rose tenant they'll be here from six until eight and then the debate itself will be on kdka and on newsmax tonight from eight until nine